Why, hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieved stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to catch up with Kevin Quinn over Zoom video. You might recognize Kevin from his very successful acting career, uh, his role on the show Bunked, and the various other projects he's been a part of, including uh, some Netflix series. But we had the opportunity to catch up with Kevin uh, all about his music career. We had Kevin on the podcast over a year ago when he released his EP, It's About Time. So it was really cool to kind of recap our first conversation with Kevin and uh, find out what he's been up to since, which has been a lot. He dives into his mental health, why he ended up taking eight months off of music and acting, and how that all played a huge role in his new album, which is called Real Me, and uh, Kevin tells us all about that new album as well. You can watch the interview with Kevin on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be amazing if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Kevin Quinn. Awesome. How have you been? I've been good, man. I've been good. Yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited to chat with you, you know, about everything you've had going on up until, you know, now since the last time we spoke and obviously about the the album that's coming out next month. Yeah. Yeah, I, well as I was saying a lot has changed uh including the music. It just sounds so different from the it's about time stuff. It's just so different. No, 100%. I was going to say it's definitely got this has kind of like an R&B vibe, but then there's a lot of acoustic guitar in it which I really like. Uh, there's some really upbeat stuff and then some slower songs. It's really a great album. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's so funny you say that, that like an R&B. Uh, Bless kind of does have an R&B vibe. I didn't even think of that, but it does. Yeah. That's the one that really sticks out to me, kind of having that. Yeah. More R&B vibe. But like, uh, I think it's Rise Above or Learning to Let Go, like just a, like a lot of acoustic guitar, but Learning to Let Go is really upbeat. I really like that song. I think that's my favorite one. And the title track of the album, Real Me. Yeah, yeah. I've gotten a, a lot of people really like Real Me. My personal favorite is, is probably also Learning to Let Go. I, I really like that song. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's my, it's it's got, it's like a hooky, but it's it's so good. Your voice is incredible. Like it, you can tell your, I mean, your voice is awesome no matter what, but I feel like in this ep or on this new album versus the ep like you push yourself even further i feel like yeah yeah well i appreciate you saying that it's it it was definitely like a step forward for me which is what i was hoping it would be awesome well let's just recap our last conversation really really fast uh so you're born and raised in chicago yes sir born and raised yeah there you go (laughs) (laughs) well how did you originally get into music i know that was kind of your first love and then the acting thing happened uh, after you did the audition for American Idol and all that kind of went through and then you got back to Chicago. But uh, I didn't really talk to you about how you originally got into music and like the first instruments you learned. Yeah, I think the first instrument I ever learned was the piano. And then I eventually started to learn guitar. 
when I did Bunked on Disney, they actually brought in a guitar instructor for me to play. Oh, on that really? Show. They did. So they paid for lessons, which was nice. And I mean, I had known how to play before that, like the basics, but I think I just got better when, you know, I started doing lessons with that instructor. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, I think, um, let's see my, I, I obviously fell into acting. My first love was music, but it was just kind of like a, a spontaneous thing. I had, like you said, I auditioned for American Idol. And then I thought that that was going to lead to the music career that I was always hoping I'd have, but mm-hmm. it did, it led to an acting career. And I, I thought that was really counterintuitive because <laughs> I, I don't know if it's just because it's reality TV and you're in front of the cameras and stuff that, you know, and it was televised that, you know, this one um, agent in Chicago, like signed me for representation. And that was just the path that I took. But it, I, it was never my intention um, to become an actor. I didn't I really fell in love with acting after I signed with that agent in Chicago and started doing it professionally. Mm-hmm. And then I just never stopped. So now it's kind of nice. I get to be full circle and come back to the music career that I was always hoping I'd have. Yeah, it's it's fascinating because I'm sure a lot of people who know you know you from TV and then they'll see, oh, you're doing music thinking like, oh, now he's doing this music thing. But in, in reality, it was like totally vice versa. Right. I mean, you were doing the music thing. You went to pursue music. And then once you were on American Idol, you got representation, which totally led you into this different career path for a while yeah it's so true it's it's really weird to me that people are like oh now he's doing music like (laughs) you're right i was always doing music it's just like i did i wasn't signed with a label at that point i had kind of put it off to the side to focus on my acting career it was always the thing i did first actually Uh um and now it's just coming full circle like i said so i'm i'm happy it is that way because it's it's what i've always wanted to do you still got a little taste of it. Sounds like I mean, even on Bunk, didn't you? You sang the theme song, didn't you, to the show? Or was I that did. getting you confused? Okay, I thought so. Yeah, so yeah that's kind of cool exactly. that they like let you do that, right? I mean, take- totally, totally. Like they would have me. They had me record the theme song. They had me record like another song, um, and then I also did another project called A Week Away, where I I performed on you know like the entire album basically, mm-hmm. and that went on Netflix, but. You know, I've always had a chance to do it in my acting roles, um, which is nice. And it, it definitely helped in like me becoming a, a better artist and a better singer. Um, but the other thing that people may not know is that like when I was shooting Bunked, I every I think it was every Wednesday and Friday. No, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah. Three days a week after I would go shoot on Bunked, I had a standing appointment with a producer in the San Fernando Valley who I would, I would drive over there and write music and we would write a song a day. So by the time I did that for like a whole year, I had written like, you know, 200 songs. And that was the stuff that I was shopping with labels. And, um, but I did that at the same time that I was shooting bunked and people just, I did it quietly. I didn't tell my, um, bunks producers or anything that I was doing. (laughs) I didn't want them to think I wasn't focused or anything, you know? Right. They're like, what is he doing on the side here? Is he trying to, <laughs> to break away yeah, and do exactly. this music thing? <laughs> wow. So with those two, like those songs that you had written at that point, did you like, because it was kind of like this secret thing, not really secret, but something you were kind of keeping separate from your acting career. Were you trying to go out and like replaying any of that stuff live or was it 
really just honing your craft in the studio with this producer? It was a little bit of both. I, it was, I like to think in retrospect that it was mostly me honing my craft. Um, but there was like, there were maybe a handful of songs that I did release, but none of them are live now. I think the label asked me to take them down when we started fresh, which, you know, makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think there were maybe like six or seven, maybe eight songs that I released from that time. Um, they're okay. obviously like, if I were to release them now, they're not representative at all of who I am as an artist today. And, you know, I, my writing has gotten a lot stronger. So yes, it, it was mostly me honing my craft in retrospect. Yeah. I mean, that's, I've talked to a lot of artists that have that do that. Right. I mean, when you first, first start, you're just putting stuff out like, okay, this is really cool. And then as you grow and grow and grow, and now it's like, if somebody heard those it would probably sound a hundred percent different than what you're doing right now. And then totally. be like, oh, well, it's, this isn't the same person. Well, yeah, it is. I grew. Watch. Exactly. Yeah. And like there was still a lot of benefit to it. Like I said, like I used it a lot for like shopping internally. I um, I met with like different labels. Um, I think I met with Island Records. I met with Universal Music Group in Santa Monica, which, you know, Capital CMG is owned by Universal. So it kind of worked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so there were I was using them internally, but it just didn't work out. Like I think Island was looking for something different. Um, Universal, that leg of Universal, I think I met with like the parent UMG. And okay. They were looking for something different. Um, but then like after a week away, I had this like really fresh batch of songs that were starting to get really good. And I and I sent them to Capital CMG and that's when they were like, okay, this is kind of what we're looking for. And I signed with them. So it and worked is, out. Is that with, uh, it's about time. Was that those, that batch of songs or is it? No, that that? That oh, wow. These were songs that I had written throughout the years that were like the best of the best that I had written. Um, and then I, I think a couple new ones at that time where I was like, whoa, this is really good. Like this needs to be sent to. Mm-hmm. Okay. And with them, did you kind of start fresh then when you put that out? Yeah. And then that's when Capital CNG was setting setting me up with like their in-house producers and writers and stuff and the people they traditionally work with. And that's when I got like the It's About Time stuff. And that at the time, it just like blew the other stuff out of the water because that's how it is with the labels. It's like their writers and producers are so good, you know? So it's (laughs) like when you get in a room with them, it kind of like immediately blows the stuff that you were doing without the label out of the water yeah you just have like this person that has been doing this or probably curated so many other hits that it's like oh like this is a really rad idea like let's kind of take it this way like they can help you kind of sculpt i i would imagine like coming some of the song a bit more yes for sure and with real me like with this new album i i worked with a lot of the same writers and producers that i worked with on the it's about time ep but i think at this point like i've come into my artistry so much that it it's just so much stronger than than even the it's about time stuff and what i was doing then mm-hmm. um, even though it's the same writers and producers it's like i was able to bring something way more fresh and skilled to the table just because of the experience i attained on the last ep so mm-hmm. it, I, I honestly feel like the real me stuff is the best stuff that I've ever done. Um, and on top of that, I have a ton of like 
stories and personal stuff that I went through that I think shaped this album in ways that I just would have never expected, you know, even a year or two years ago. Yeah, it seems like you were really vulnerable on this this EP and talking about like from what I was reading a little bit just about your personal life, like you had you went through a lot of stuff over the it's hasn't been a whole like, I mean, what a couple of years since the last time I spoke and and uh, that had came out and you said you went through a lot and you know, you're talking about mental health and a lot of things on this album. Was that like hard to, you know, get the courage to kind of put that out? No, it, normally oh. it would have been, but I surprisingly, it it didn't feel like I had to muster up too much courage because I felt like this was, I've always been kind of quiet about my mental health struggles mm-hmm. in the past, but after like what I went through, it was a breaking point that I was like, I have to share this. This is like life changing stuff. And I mean, it was really impactful at the time. Like I ended up taking a personal break and like I went to Arizona for a brief time to just like take a personal break from work. And then I stopped working in all aspects of my career, uh, film, TV, music for eight months. I didn't. Oh, my work. gosh. Yeah. And because at the time, I my mental health was not. I wasn't healthy enough that I was like, if I do work right now in this state, first of all, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be my best self or I'm putting out my best work. And I don't want it to get captured on film that I like look bad or, you know, am not acting normal. Right. (laughs) right. It was that, you know, so I, I just made the conscious decision. Like I need to not work until I get better and can give my 100%. But it was that bad. It was I had to I was forced to take that break and I was living off my savings for a long time. And it was it was horrible, man. I mean, it was it was horrible. Um, But at the same time, I needed to go through it. And um, but at that level, like, you know, because it's one thing to struggle with it, like, oh, I'm having a rough day and and I'm situationally depressed, like that kind of mental health. Mm -hmm. But like when it's a breaking point like this, like, no, I, I literally can't work. I have to move to Arizona to like, like spend time in the mountains and like rediscover myself and who I am. That's like a whole different level. Um, So I felt like at that point, I, I didn't have to muster up the courage. It was like, it was the right time and place to finally share this. And I wanted to do it unapologetically and shamelessly. Like, no, I'm, I'm ready to share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But still, I mean, th- to kind of to have the you know ability to be like you know what i need i'm going to stop working i'm going to put everything aside i need to focus on myself and then to go do this move to arizona for for eight months or take just take time off for eight months and then to come forward and be like okay i'm going to share this all uh that i mean that does take a lot of courage but and also like was there a point where you knew like it's time like was did you just kind of come to a realization? You're like, okay, I know I, I'm, I feel better. It's time to get this out. And did you write it all after the experience or was it pieces that you had written kind of during? I blessed was written before the experience. That's oh, the only song that was written before the experience that was written in, I think 2021, but then everything else was written after the experience. Bless just kind of fit into the project. Um, no, I think um, I think it was just, like I said, the right time and place. And 
I felt like I had so much to write about. Um, and just like having gone through this, I just, I had to share it in my music and it wasn't until I actually had a show that was, it was like my only obligation. I had one show that was booked like, you know, cause I took that break and then eight months later, I like had this, sh this standing show that was like put off from the year before and I had to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so my manager asked me, he was like, do you want to reschedule the show? Cause you're still not in a good place. And you know, this was eight months after my healing journey started. And I was like, no, you know what? Like this, I'm going to make this show date the end point of this journey for me. And I'm going to do this show. And, you know, after eight months, that show finally came up. I did this show. And from that point on, it was like I started working again. It was like that show was the turning point. And the show was so good. It was it was like the best show that I had ever done. And it was the first thing that I did after coming after uh, coming out of this like mental health journey. And I honestly feel like it was because of the time off that I took in the mental health journey that my work and my artistry improved from that point on. And like my stage presence was better. My vocals sounded better. I felt like so fresh and refreshed and um, like I was ready to take on the world again. So it's just proof that like, I think for anyone struggling with mental health issues, when you do give yourself the time to like take a break and attend to yourself, then you come back stronger than ever. And for me, that was the case. And I feel like I'm still riding the wave of like some of the best work that I've ever done. So it was worth it. Wow. That's incredible to hear to go out there and then just kill it. Right. I mean, to set, set a date. Okay. On this day, I have to, I'm going to do, I'm not going to reschedule the show. I'm just going to go out and play it. And then to just bring it and then just kind of at that point, know, okay, this has been the best show I've ever done. It's time to move forward. It's time to, to continue to work. Yeah. I, and I was, I'm not going to lie. I was terrified like to do that show. Cause I was like, am I ready for this? Like, what if I screw up and I like have a <laughs> breakdown again, whatever. Um, but after the show was done, my musical director um, who's been on the road with me for years, he, he texted my manager. My manager's like anxiously waiting. How did it go? How did it go? Is he all right? Sure, right. And the musical director's like, it was one of the best shows he's ever done. I don't know what happened in Arizona, but he's back. And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. And then do you start at that point? Okay, I it's time to, to work. Do you come back to Nashville to do this new album? Because I know you worked on the, or you did the first album in Nashville, or the, the EP in Nashville, right? So part of it was done in Nashville and then part of it was done in LA that it was kind of split that last EP. Most of surprisingly, most of this new album was done in LA. Oh, interesting. And that has to do with the fact that my executive producer, Sean Cook is based here. So, okay. you know, Sean and I live in LA and we've kind of known each other um, through the music industry out here. And, you know, so we write and, and we see each other in L.A. every now and then. Um, but he and I will travel to Nashville to work with some of the writers out there. Um, so, you know, most of the stuff was was done here. Mm -hmm. And then we would like go over to Nashville here and there um, to, you know, like write a new song. But then we would come back to L.A. to record it at his home studio. OK. Yeah. What was like the first or what was the first song that? you had written when you got back and and did you kind of know at that point like okay this is 
this is beyond like you just did you know that this was the best stuff like you know i know this is going to be really good or i know this song is the best thing i've done yet was was that the feeling and what what song was the one that you finished first or started first yeah the song i started first um i'm pretty sure it was out of the group real me oh interesting and i think that song is really strong oh it's Um, it's a great song yeah and it, it it typifies the album so nicely um and that's why i called it real me and not to mention real me is mentioned as a theme in learning to let go and i'm not there yet as well mm-hmm. so it just felt fitting that like this is a common theme this has to be the title um but when we wrote real me i was like okay this is something different this is something new and i'm really liking it right and then that was further solidified with learning to let go which was the same writer as real me brandon burnett and then on top of that, we had, you know, um, Give You Up with Abby Seiler. And I loved that song. You know, I was like, I that's kind of got like a D&B thing. And it's so unsuspectingly cool in its production and its writing. So as the project started coming together, I was like, OK, I've, I've got something really good here that I just wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. I think it's Give You Up that has like the really kind of like it's almost like a trappy like drum beats right throughout it's like i think you're playing acoustic yeah. guitar but the beats are like it's i don't know how to explain it but it's really it's like faster on that on the the beat end versus what you're playing and it's really cool sounding yeah yeah and that's that whole drum and bass vibe that is really popular right now uh, a lot of stuff on you know apple music playlists or i think even ed sheeran did a song there's a song called like celestial or something and that's got like the same vibe where it's the drum and bass on underlying mm-hmm. the track um and then the vocals are kind of like like the track is double time but the vocals are you know in time, in time. yeah that's what i noticed yeah. it's it's really cool it's it's a cool vibe and it's it's new it feels to me like what dubstep was like 10 years ago it's like everyone's like what is this like this is <laughs> and now it's like such a big common thing i feel like dnb could be the next big sort of production thing um yeah i, I was I, it was cool to be able to experiment with it yeah and you nailed it i mean it works because when i was listening to it, i was like oh wow this is really cool the vocal is definitely slower in the it's almost like the guitars are slower and then the 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 drum and bass like really kind of drive the song. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's one of my favorite songs for sure. And then like the album just so, or it just takes so, it takes you so many places with, you know, I'm not there yet being like, we kind of discussed that like more like R and B. I think it's that, that's the one that's more like R and B. And then you have like one that you really set to like really acoustic guitar. Or is blessed. Maybe blessed. Uh, no, blessed is more the R and B one. I oh think. yeah, 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 okay. yeah, and then I'm the, yeah, 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 and then um, I'm, not I'm not there yet. It's, it's the slower acoustic song. Yeah, getting, that's kind of I'm like a flip flops. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah, that that one's kind of like a ballad. Actually, that one just came out today. I, I, yeah, I'm excited about that one. Yeah, I'm not there yet. I wrote in Venice, California, with uh, a guy named Dave Lovin and he's really talented like it was just me and him in the room and i usually don't do writing sessions with just like me and one other writer uh-huh. um, usually i like to have like a top liner a producer and me but 
Dave and I, it was just me and him that day. And I just like opened up to Dave the first time I met him. I was like, Hey man, like this is what happened. I told him about the mental health stuff too. And he was so receptive to it. Like he embraced it and he got ironically like super excited to write about it. It seemed like he immediately jumped in. He's like, Oh, this is so good. I love his enthusiasm, his energy, uh, his kindness. Um, So, you know, I, I do hope I get a chance to write with him again, but he kind of spearheaded I'm Not There Yet. And I think it's such a nice juxtaposition from the rest of the album because it is that kind of like ballad track that the project needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a really, it's a vulnerable song. You know, I'm kind of like staring down some depression in the lyrics and which felt sure. nice to get off my chest. And yeah, it's, 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 it's just compliments the rest of the project so nicely. Yeah, I'm sure that his energy and being so receptive to what you were saying probably helped to be more vulnerable. Like, it wasn't like he was standoffish when you're like, I want to kind of write about this. It was like, oh, let's go in and embrace what you're kind of talking about. Oh, for sure. And it's actually really funny because, you know, in writing a project centered around mental health, I obviously had to like open up about my journey to these, you know, because the writers are expecting you to be honest and vulnerable so that they can write you the song that you want to be vulnerable with. Mm -hmm. And so you're sometimes I'm meeting these people for the first time and I like right off the bat have to tell them this really vulnerable story. But they're so supportive and they embrace it. And I think that's a testament to the music industry and the songwriting community in general is that like they're so used to hearing all this like heavy stuff that, you know, they just want to like do the artist justice and the song justice um, that that's what songwriting is all about is like being vulnerable and opening up a part of yourself. Like I think every artist or songwriter knows like that's what makes a good song. So like, if there's an opportunity to embrace the vulnerability, like they're never going to judge it. They're just going to be open and excited about it. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's like you're meeting this person for the first time and you're like, okay, here, let me just spill my guts to you real quick. And then we'll try to like figure this out. (laughs) It's like a therapy session almost. Someone that you've never met. (laughs) It's scary. It's scary, but it's, it's rewarding and it's worth it. That's awesome. Yeah, the album is amazing. Are you doing, I didn't notice any shows posted yet, but is there a possibility that you'll be going on the road to support uh, the album like you did with that big tour you did a couple of years ago now with the other? Yeah, in March. In March. Ah, okay. Finally. That was always the plan. We wanted to wait until this album released. And then uh, I believe March, I started tour and that will go until maybe April or May. Amazing. I hope you stop here in Nashville again. I think I'm supposed to. I know I have <laughs> stops in Jacksonville, Florida. I think Atlanta. I think there's one in like Birmingham, Alabama. They're kind of scattered around that area. Um, and then I'm not sure. If, I think there's stops in the Midwest that we're planning on. Um, but yeah, there there will be st- a stop in Nashville for sure. I love it. I say, Birmingham is far. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we love that little show you did before uh, the the big one at Bridgestone. That was such a cool experience. Just you yeah. up there playing some songs and uh, sh- so intimate and you just sharing your life with everybody. I mean, that was so fun. That was so cool. My kids loved Thanks. it. 
Oh, yeah. great. I'd love to hear that. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, I'd love to do that tour again, hopefully with a longer set because I had a, a limited time slot for that particular tour. Yeah. Uh, but I'm hoping it's kind of, you know how it is. It's like a consortium of artists. So it's yeah, there's not, a big lineup, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no one has like a really long set. Like even the headliner only plays for like 40 minutes, which doesn't yeah, seem like a lot. That's not a lot. So, you know, I am hoping that if I were to ever go back, it would be a slightly longer set so that I could have an opportunity p- to play even more music. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Thank you again, Kevin, for doing this. I have one more quick question before I let you go. Um, I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Yeah, great question. Um, keep writing. That would be my my best advice because like you're flexing your muscles and it, I feel like it takes, just from my own experience, it takes like 50 songs to get one good one, you know? But if you write a song a day, then, you know, after a couple months, you might have a really good song on your hands. So the only way to keep doing that is by writing.